another caller here. Um, we have, uh, ooh, we've got, oh, again, a lot of good, God, gosh. Now, I want to get to Brett, though. Let's talk to Brett from Missouri. Brett says the New Testament is a good guide for morality. Brett, you're live on Talk Heathen. What's up? Hello. I hope you're all doing well. I actually uh, run a YouTube thing and a podcast myself, and I thought you guys were interesting, so figured I'd call you up. I'm at Brett Keen on YouTube, if you're curious. Okay, oh. Brett. Yeah. Uh, so what what do you think, uh, why do you think the New Testament is a good guide to morality? Let's start there. Well, there's, uh, on its, uh, its face surface by itself, it is actually uh, a good guide. I've even heard many atheists state that the philosophy that Jesus taught was exceptional and one could actually live a pretty good life based upon it. But I've also compared the theology and the morality based upon other religions, as well as atheism. And I've come to the conclusion that atheism is a subjective morality. It's basically whatever feels good, nihilistic. Nothing really has any meaning and value. It's only what's acceptable in society or whatever nature evolved us to be kind of concept. Well, as you know, nature isn't very kind. There's a lot of things such as pedophilia, killing, destruction in nature and society. We've got a, you guys were just talking about the death penalty, right? One of the big reasons why Christians argue over it is because our system is broken. It's messed up. So we don't know if we should go along with the system that says it's okay to kill people when they can't even get their, their cases right or people are uh, treated fairly in the process. You get what I'm saying? Uh, yes. And also, Jesus is a victim of the death penalty. So I would think that most yeah. Christians would be against it. Right. Uh, but, you know, obviously they don't all agree on that. So, yes. And, uh, Brett, before we continue, though, everything you've said so far is about atheism. I haven't heard anything about the New Testament. And also you've described atheist morality as nihilism. And I don't know if you've actually done, and I'm sorry, correct me if I'm wrong, Brett, but have you actually read the literature on secular philosophy? Well, I myself because used to be a very... I, I actually used to be a very, very popular social media former atheist until I came over to Christianity. I've only been doing Christianity and theism for about five, six years, but I spent the majority of my life okay. doing the Aaron Raw, Matt Dillahunty, Amazing Anus kind of thing. Oh, Amazing Atheist. Sorry about that. That's great. Yeah, I remember. I, I appreciate that, but I'm, yeah. I'm asking about because you, there's different forms of secular right. morality. Right, right. Like if you look at Camus, if you look at Sartre, if you look at Nietzsche, I mean, all of these are just 20th century examples. Obviously, you got to fill out the majority of secular moral systems, right? But like, there's more than one kind of secular morality, and is it subjective? Well, it's not based on a universal moral principle all the time. Yeah, but like, you know, to just come to the conclusion and say that it's all just nihilism, I, that's a red flag for me. Right. You understand? Right. Well, wasn't Nietzsche a nihilist? He basically said, you know, even though he believed that God did not exist, he even stated God's dead. He said, we have to have something to fill the void. In his writings, he said, if we don't have some kind of moral foundation, then there's going to be, uh, it's going to be a cataclysm. Society can't hold itself. That's why a lot of our leaders say that if you don't have God in those objective concepts to go along with, 
then it's it's how do you make laws like that? Who's going to make the laws if it's just our human subjective behavior, anim, animalistic instincts and ideas? Okay, so okay, we're talking about something. If you're talking about what Nietzsche wrote in "Thus Spoke Zarathustra," which he's talking about the deconstruction of Christianity as the main social and moral function of society, he does say that there has to be something that comes afterwards, right? He's using Zarathustra is a is a, is a um, you know is sort of the uh, prophet that he uses to sort of represent this. Uh, and, and he says there's this coming of age where there's going to be, you know, people who are looking for something outside of, of Christianity in order to fulfill that. Um, and he has a lot of various ideas about what that might be. But like when you say he's for nihilism, I mean, again, it's like, it, well, he's describing like one potential system, a system that he thinks is going to be, you know, useful across all of, of, of well, not useful necessarily. I mean, for usefulness, he's talking about the Ubermensch and stuff. That's where he's writing about that. But like nihilism is just, is a descriptive part of his moral systems. Okay, so that's that's kind of the nuance I want to make here because he's not saying this is a good thing and that this is like what we should all be following. He's saying that this is going to be the result of it if we don't develop, you know, secular forms of morality, which other writers like later do. Which again, it's like this is a very complicated issue. It, there's like a lot of thought that's gone into this. So I, and I what just, does this I, have to do with the New Testament either? I, like, I, I've also, yeah, it doesn't really have much to do. Like, like, okay, we can talk about the problems of secular morality all day, right? right? Absolutely. That doesn't mean the New Testament is suddenly right. the like greatest and best of all the morality systems. Out right. There, right. Exactly. So, Those are two totally different yeah. conversations to be had. Well, I was, when we started the conversation, if you'll remember, I said compared to the atheist position and other views that I've researched and studied, I believe that the uh, the New Testament has a more efficient uh, moral system than what is set up. And I don't just say that based upon, obviously, disbelief and faith. I base it on stats and what we've seen historically. Any time that you've seen where non-believers were given power or political uh, push, it always ended entire civilizations being enslaved or killed, gun control where weapons were removed and people were left like sitting ducks in a barrel. So it never turned out good. Uh, Go ahead. Was okay. I don't think that's the case, though. You know, America was one of the largest slave-owning organizations like in the world for a long time, right? Obviously. And we were, uh, it's not like we are less, like it's not like we're more Christian now, right? right. Like there are more people like statistically who identify, not saying population wise, but, but, but per person, like not per person, sorry, I'm the opposite of per person. That if you divide up the population of slave owning Americans and, and uh, all Americans, there's like we're more Christians than there are now. So, like, I don't understand why you're saying it's the more it use the word efficient, which I think is interesting. But like, why on earth would we follow Christianity when it seems to lead to just as many problems as any other system? Right. Like, I, I don't see how it's the and, best. And, and you make and a good the New point. Testament has. I, I was yeah. going to say the, you the make a good point a about taking slaves in a yeah. way that it supports it. So, yeah, absolutely. It like, never, and there is not a single line in the Bible that says 
slavery is wrong, right? Or that human ownership shouldn't happen. They well, literally sure there give is. instructions on sure how to do is. it according to God's word. Yeah, sure there is. Sure there is. I, no, even even in the Old Testament, Absolutely it says not. that if you kidnap people, then you'll be you'll get the capital punishment. You're not allowed to take a person as possession. The entire book of Exodus talks about a man who is sent by God to free over four hundred thousand slaves. And as far as the New Testament, Jesus yeah, says, "Do harm to others." Oh, oh, hold on, you made a positive bad. assertion. That happened because it was the occupation of Jewish people. Right. Well, right. and, and way, am I able to happen, finish my, right? my that point? That narrative is false. But also, the, if you look at Leviticus, which is what Sydney is referencing, that outlines the actual rules that you have to follow if you're going to own a slave. Right. Which, again, it doesn't say don't own a slave. It says this is what you do when you own a slave. These are the preferred ways in which you should own a slave because you should, apparently. Okay. So, you know, you guys are making some good points, but as far as the New Testament goes, you guys would have to agree on this, that if you're doing unto others as you want it to be done unto yourself, and you're loving people, and you're loving your neighbor and loving your enemy, you would not enslave them. That's, I mean, that's a simple thing. Unless Just the do Bible unto others. gives you permission to enslave them, which yeah. it does. Again, they, the epistles... Slaves in- are not- considered your neighbor in the bible that's not who they're talking about they're talking about people who are your equals they definitely had slaves that did not have the same rights and freedoms as everybody else when they say love thy neighbor they're talking about non-slaves they're talking about people who are equal in your community i do not think that counts for slaves yes in the epistles paul does not write slave owners free your slaves he says (laughs) slaves obey your masters okay the jesus like if we're just saying oh do unto others as you should do unto yourself, is the best form of morality. Okay, that's one thing. Right. Uh, we could talk about that, but that's different from just saying the New Testament is consistent right. in that idea because it's definitely it's not. not. No, it's definitely not. Well, let's uh, let's take uh, history, for example. You mentioned slavery in the United States of America. Now, if we really delve into this, how did people get freed from slavery anyway? It was the Christian community, the Christian <laughs> citizens who actually fought. You can't find me one single atheist who actually fought against Christians. this. You got deists, you got Christians who actually you fought. You can't theistic. find a Christian that that supported slavery? You have Christians who actually stopped slavery. It was Christians who actually said, we, we all Christians come from God. We're slaves, all created you equal. understand that it was like definitely okay by most Christians for a long time. Yes. The American South, very Christian, very pro- pro-slavery. Like that as a whole, those things go hand in hand. You do realize that there was a lot of Christians who were hung alongside blacks for actually trying to free them even before the war even began. You do realize there were Christians that were doing the hangings. Yes. How, like, you, you really are doing a chicken and egg thing here, okay? Here's the chicken. It's the Christian society, the Christian institutions that allowed it. We didn't even allow women to vote until the 1900s, okay? And that's also because of Christians, by the way. And it's because it was secular forms of morality, humanism, that was influencing this stuff more than anything, right? Humanism did not always exist in society, but more as humanism began to develop, as secular forms of justice began to become widespread across the world, that's when we actually saw the social changes. It's not because people got to their senses and realized, oh, well, Christianity actually says 
this. I'm sure some of them justified their anti-slavery practices through Christianity. In fact, I know that for a fact because I've actually read about this subject. But if you also read about this subject, you will see document after document after document that outlines church sermons, that outlines people's public opinions at the time that said, yes, absolutely, the owning of people is absolutely okay by Christianity, 100%. Right. So and they had historically, no doubt about that. At least historically, 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 okay, historically again, it was, on the type of okay, so historically Christians are actually the ones who broke the slavery, and that's the reason why people are free today. But there wasn't any oh, atheist back then who no, stood up no, or defended no, it. No, Can no, you name no, at least three no, atheists who actually helped get rid of slavery? Africa, right. Is this how you do people? You just rant and rant Africa until... And took those people over in the first place. Right. right. Okay. This was a mostly Christian society that were doing these things. Slavery was just a, as much of a were doing legitimate practice in Christianity as anything else. That atheists the Bible were doing it too. Because there are no admonitions against Christ, against slavery in the Bible. There is absolutely zero, none, no supporting scripture that says you shouldn't. Other, you have to go uh, the back way around and say, oh, well, the Bible says we should treat others like we should treat ourselves, right? And that, and, and then you can get to that conclusion. But, but the actual institution of slavery is not prohibited in the Bible. Whatsoever. In fact, it's, it's, it's not prohibited by atheism either. Brett, you haven't been I'm able to atheist, name. You I'm haven't been able you, to name three atheists who have actually. Brett did not watch the cold open. Brett, you were. I'm sorry, Brett. I don't know who you did on uh, what you did on social media or whatever. Right. But like, if you're going to be an influencer, you have to know the literature, right? right. You have to. I know guarantee you that I know it more like than both of you put together. Cut it off by You mute people like, and you rant like, over like, people is, and you don't let people who are actually intelligent debate you. In your understanding and also. Just rant, 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 mute, You take this position. They've muted me. I don't think there's a They're way just they ranting can right over me. Yes. Yes. Because you're saying many wrong things. Yes, you're yes. muting right. me and you're ranting over me. Wrong. See, you don't even have enough moral framework right. to listen to another person's side of you. You've proven my point. Hey, First Brett. of all, Brett, I'm talking to you right now on the show. We're live. You're on the a air. coward. Okay, You're a coward. Why don't you come on my live show? Why don't you come on my live show and we'll see how things have, go. I, anyway, go ahead. Right. Uh, Brett, okay. Brett, I have listened. I know who you are. I've listened to hours of your content. Hours of your content. I've listened to so much of your content that I recognize what kind of conversation we are about to go into because I remember you and I've watched your content and I've listened to you ad nauseum. That's why I feel comfortable being like, Ooh, this is not going to go well because I know exactly who you are. It's and not I going well content. for you because you have no moral framework. I know exactly who you were when you called. I have listened to you so often that I don't even have to hear what you're about to say in order to know what you're about right. to say. You're just going to speak right? for so me. It's not like we don't want to listen to you. It's that we have listened They're to you. They're muting me the entire time throughout the conversation, time ladies conversation and gentlemen. They have I no moral framework. They can't even have a conversation. They just want to spell when over people. You know for a fact you're misquoting you see, history. She's not even, even listening when you know to me when I'm talking. You know this. You and I both know this I already know what you're going to say. I already know what you're going to say. You just like to continue to say the opposite. Even when you know what you're going to say. I don't even need to hear you. What you're saying is not true. Because you like to hear yourself live on air and you like to get people riled up. But I remember you, Brett. 
So and I know you, you too. You have no moral framework. I, I proved my point. Ad nauseum. And I know how this conversation is going to go. And that's why your and group is a minority and it's dying. And you're dying. Still assume you won and you're probably going to make a video about how you won and, and you know. Oh, I did. Like you talk I or did. The like fact that you got to mute me over and over and over and rant over me. You've proven my point. You're a coward. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's cowardly to mute people like that and just rant right over them. You have no moral framework, and you've got no place to be able to tell us who's right and wrong. 